Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. South Florida, Big Dave and Joe once again, and uh, the World Series of Poker rolls on, so we will keep you updated on what's happening out there, talk about, uh, well, the crazy stuff, but of course, uh, every year right around this time is when we hear from the Poker Hall of Fame and get our nominations, and so we'll get to that a little bit later on, but we are following the action, and uh, Big Name's still doing pretty well out there, and uh, we will run down a couple of tournaments for you. One of the most inter- interesting ones I've been following today is uh, this tournament called uh, the Double Stack. And uh, the chip leader at the first break today was a fellow named Jeff Platt. Now, you should have heard of Jeff Platt before because he is a poker broadcaster. Uh, this is event 43, $1,000 buy-in, and they got 3,991 entries with a prize pool of over $3.5 million. Uh, currently, at this moment, they're down to 88 players, and uh, I think they will probably finish tonight, but we'll see. Um, but uh, Jeff Platt is a, a broadcaster who works on the WSOP broadcasts, uh, WPT broadcasts, several different things, but he is kind of like the... I guess what you would call the sideline reporter where he does interviews with the players when they get knocked out and he's not on talking all the time, but they do cut to him for some analysis and uh, he's a pretty good player, but not uh, a full-time professional. So uh, he was chip leader uh, at the break today after uh, getting pocket aces and cracking uh, pocket Kings in a head to head battle that put him up over six million chips Uh, I'm looking at the current standings, though, and currently he is just out of the lead in second place, right around the same point, six and a half million chips. Uh, But we have a chip leader, Edwin Lee, is uh, over 10 million chips. So he's having a big day, and Jeff is currently second. Justin Zaki, who we had on the show 10 years ago uh, when he finished in the final table of the first ever Seminole Showdown. A uh, guy from Tampa that uh, I talked with at a lot of different tournaments. Good guy. Uh, big Tampa Bay sports fan, including the Bucks and the Rays and all those teams over there, the Lightning. And uh, he is currently in third place. Anyway, Joe, welcome into the show. I appreciate you being here as usual. I know you have very busy. And not only do you have to uh, spend a whole day with poker players at Casino Miami, but then you got to schlep home during drive time. So, uh, you know, I don't envy you that. Yeah, and let me tell you something, Big Dave, and uh, I, I was going to mention it a little bit later on in, in the show, but we are going to have a, uh, and that's what I spent most of my day today trying to organize all of this for the state and stuff, but we're going to have a $25,000 guarantee with a $1,000 buy-in. Wow. Third place, 12500 But the field, the max that people, the max that can play at any time is 28 players. Wow. You know that our room is still seven-handed, so... You know, it's. Uh, I wasn't sure how this is going to work, but I've spoken to a couple of big tournament players that really like the format in the sense that it's only 28 uh, players, and you know, first place is going to be guaranteed 12-5. Uh, we will sit more if people get eliminated and don't buy back in. You're allowed one re-ent- one re-entry, and if there are alternates that come in for that day. As people get eliminated, if their seat doesn't become available before the end of registration, um, they can jump in, you know, with a full stack uh, as people get eliminated. But it's the first time that we're doing that in our small room there. So uh, for any of our listeners from South Florida that like to play in a little tournament like that, uh, you know, I've, I've been told that they like the idea that it's a small field. And what is the date on that? November 14th. At 1 o'clock. Okay. And, and uh, we will have... start taking registration um, at starting Wednesday. So okay. since it's a small field, we're hoping some people register early on to make sure they got a seat for it. They better get in by Friday of this week, I would say. 
<laughs> I, I certainly hope so. That would be wonderful. We're going to try to run some satellites for it and everything. And uh, just since I'm talking about it now, the blinds will be 30 minutes. They'll start with 25K. And, um, you know, the registration will end uh, at the start of level seven. We'll be going three hours before the, the break. And then after that, every two hours, there'll be a break for the players. But well, you hoping have, that you it's have, a big success. You have more than four tables, don't you? Oh, we do, but uh, that's the uniqueness of this, that we're trying to do it so that people see that they don't have a big field to beat. We are paying the final table, so if you make that final table, the least you're going to get is $1,000. You'll get your buy-in back, and every spot after that will make some money. Hey, maybe I'll come over and play. Okay. There you go, Big Dave. Take a shot with the big time, boys. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Uh, so that's coming up in November. Uh, will you continue to have cash games that day? So if people come and they're waiting, they can actually be playing at the same time. Uh, yes, yes, we will. We're going to have a little section of the room kind of roped off for those four tables that are going to be uh, for the tournament players. And, uh, you know, we will have other tables available if, uh, you know, we get our regular cash games and stuff like that. This is kind of new to us there, Big Dave, because our our clientele isn't really this amount. We do have some players that like to play bigger, enjoy our room, and they come and play the smaller stakes games. But we're hoping this will, you know, attract those tournament players that, you know, down here that, you know, try to make a living off of tournaments. So Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> we'll Sounds see. like a great deal for everybody, and uh, we'll obviously talk about it upcoming. But you may have that thing sold out this week. I certainly hope so. That would be very, very nice and take a lot of stress off off of me also. So let's see how that works out, man. But hopefully people will will enjoy this format. Like I said, the feedback has been very positive from a few of uh, higher limit tournament players that I've been able to reach out to and see what they thought about it. So okay. let's hope it, it becomes a success. Well, we have a new leader in that tournament that I was talking about, uh, Frank Lagovich. Lagaditch, I should say. Lagaditch from Canton, Ohio. He's over the 10 million chip mark as Edwin Lee has dropped off a little bit to 8.7 million. Jeff Platt is currently fourth, 6.6. And Justin Zaki is currently ninth, 5.8 million. So uh, that tournament rolls on. We'll keep you updated during the show today. But uh, um, I think it would be really neat to see a sort of a recreational player, uh, certainly in the business, but show that really, uh, you know, Guys that follow the game and, and may not play it uh, every day of their life, but uh, are around the game all the time, have a chance to uh, pick up a victory and, a, and pick up a bracelet. Yeah, that would be absolutely wonderful. You know, remember that a few years ago uh, we had a local dealer that wound up having a very successful run, remember? Picked up about a, almost a million dollars uh, or something like that. Perry, Perry Shaw, yeah. There Perry you Shaw, go. I couldn't exactly. remember his name, but there you yeah, go. Yeah, good guy. Good guy, Perry. Uh, so anyway, we'll keep an eye on that during the show tonight. Uh, just to, obviously by the time you hear the show, the tournament will probably be over. So uh, I wouldn't say that's the best way to keep you updated. But we uh, we like to follow things and uh, keep things exciting here on our end as well. Anyway, <laughs> several things going on in the world of poker. Uh, we'll have we'll get to the uh, nominations for the 2021 Hall of Fame. Um, I think you'll find one name in there that uh, very interesting, uh, Joe. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We'll tease that a little bit. But there's lots of stuff going on. Uh, the storylines have surrounded Helmuth during the early part of the tournament. Negranu uh, Hasn't made a big splash, but he's currently alive in one tournament right now. But we're getting some wins from big names like Chance Corneth and Anthony Zeno. Uh, Adam Friedman, here's a good story here. Adam Friedman uh, defeated Helmuth uh, in head-to-head -head play at the final table as Helmuth trying to pick up his second bracelet of the series earlier last week. And Adam Friedman had won this uh, $10,000 Dealer's Choice event two years in a row came back, defeated Helmuth, knocked him out, and won it for the third year in a row, which is which is pretty wow. phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. How many uh, – do you remember how many entries were in that? Uh, let's see. I do have it here somewhere. Anyway, as I move along, I'll, I'll see if I can find that for you. I, th I would say like 130 maybe. Do you remember I what guess. event it was while you're, while you're going out? I'll try to okay. find it myself. It's called the 10,000 Dealer's Choice. I don't have, I, I don't have the number of it handy, but 
Okay, I'll try to find out. Yeah, you take a look and uh, see what you can come up with there. Um, several other players, uh, you know, that we're following here are uh, are going deep in tournaments. Uh, you know, obviously the the, the biggest names, uh, guys like, oh, I don't know, uh, Justin Bonomo is, is a guy who's doing well. He finished uh, in head-to-head play in a big high roller event that was won by Mike Adamo, who is just on fire. We'll talk about him in just a little bit. He's become one of the top high roller players. Uh, we'll look at some of the past history of some big high roller efforts over the last 10 or so years. But uh, still plenty of things still to come this week. Uh, we'll let you know that the $50,000 Poker Players Championship starts this week. That starts on Sunday. Uh, the Colossus will also be played this week. And uh, we'll see what, what goes. Uh, Phil, Phil Hui, who lives down here in South Florida, uh, ended up getting married to uh, Lonnie, Lonnie Harwood uh, in the last year. Uh, he won the tournament in last time it was played live. It was in 2019 to win $1.1 million. But uh, the guys at that uh, tournament, and guys like uh, Dan Cates and Phil Ivey and Sean Deeb, Josh Yarrier, uh ran very deep in that. So that's always going to feature a nice field. But we got a full week of tournaments that we'll keep an eye on. Both seniors event, the seniors it starts on Wednesday uh, with a $1,000 buy-in. And as I've been mentioning over the past few weeks, there will be two opening sessions, 10 a.m. on Wednesday and Thursday for the seniors. And then over the weekend, the super seniors on Sunday, Halloween, uh, will get underway. That's the 65 plus. So, uh, you know, should be some good stuff. The tag team event that started a few years ago will also be played uh, starting on Sunday and along with the poker players championship. So a lot of stuff happening and uh, you come up with anything. Yes, I did. 93. Okay. We're in that field. Oh, 93. Okay. Yep. Yep. It was event 36, so yeah, okay. nice, very nice. And, wow, Helmuth wins a bracelet and comes in second in another one. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, yeah and he has – actually, uh, he was talking about it. He has, like, five final tables uh, this this series with the one win, and uh, I think he's finished first, second, fourth, fifth, and sixth. So wow. uh, pretty uh, outstanding uh, effort thus far by him. Certainly the uh, leading in the player of the – the WSOP player of the year race and uh, certainly headed toward, uh, you know, a lot of good things that really I think are the benefit of some of these heads up matches where he's really focused his game in once again. Yeah. It gets those competitive juices firing up, you know? Yep. Uh, the Colossus so. again starts this week. It won't have anywhere near the field that it had uh, when it was first started a few years ago, I think it was 2016, maybe. Uh, 2015, something like that, when they had over 22,000 players. But they're still looking at around 10, they believe. Uh, the price is lower now. It's only a $400 buy-in, and you can rebuy, I think, once during the event. So uh, uh, it's still a massive field. They had 13,000 in 2019 with a $4.3 million prize pool won by Sajin Park. Uh, the seniors crowd, uh, 50 plus, uh, always, we always keep an eye on that. And, uh, Howard Mash, a guy who went very deep in that, um, I guess two years ago, a local guy from, uh, Coconut Creek. And, uh, so we'll be, uh, eyeing all these things in the upcoming week. Uh, the high roller $25,000 PLO, that's kind of a unique event. They did play it in 2019. Stephen Chidwick was the winner, and they got 278 entries in that. So that was a pretty massive $1.6 million uh, prize for Chidwick. Uh, Rob Mizraki, Eric Seidel, Matt Gonzalez, among others, that made the final table there. That kicks off on Wednesday, as I mentioned. Also, the, uh, the six-handed No Limit Hold'em event, which is... Um, a 10K tournament, uh, you know, for, for that most of the players play in. So this is a, a much smaller one. It's kind of a mini main event. Uh, so it'll be six handed, and that will start uh, later this week as well. So full schedule upcoming, and we'll keep an eye on everything. I did look at some of the numbers, Joe, and mainly for the first, I think it was about the first 10 days, so the first 13 tournaments. Uh, numbers were down, and I think we expected that to be down yep. about a third from normal. 
So, uh, you know, obviously they they were worried about the uh, the dealer situation, that there could be a shortage. But because the fields are smaller this year, it really hasn't reared its ugly head thus far. Yeah, but, you know, the, I guess the fields have been smaller, but they've still been impressive for the most part. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, uh, you know, running multiple tournaments on, on, you know, on the same day. You know, that's so far I haven't heard any major complaints or anything about the dealers and how everything is being handled with that. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, uh, it's been pretty efficient out there. I think, uh, you know, there was some concerns about how people would handle the mask mandate and, uh, uh, you know, being tested and that sort of thing. But uh, people are uh, kind of going with the flow and, uh, and things are getting done. So, uh, you know, I, I, there's not a lot of uh, overly over drama in this. And and you know what, Dave? You know, you ask the, the the general poker player, okay, whether they're recreational or not. You know, what what's the one thing that everybody will tell you they'd like to have in their poker career? You know, outside of the big major, you know, uh, guys, you know, is to at least one day say they want a bracelet. Right, right. Whether you wear it or not. <laughs> yeah, it just you 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 just want to say, hey, I want a bracelet at the WSOP. You know, that's that's still the uh, you know the, the to me that's the gold standard. You know, uh, with all the tournaments, even though there are a lot of other great tournaments out there with big prize pools, you know, you you win a bracelet, it's you know it's, it's you're in the books forever. You know, so yeah, no question about it. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, you know, and there's every type of tournament. You know, got the Colossus with a with a with a four hundred dollar buy-in. You're several tournaments on the weekends with a thousand dollar buy-in. So uh, everyone really gets their shot. Uh, you don't have to be ponying up ten grand or fifty grand for the Poker Players Championship to to win something that's really unique and uh, and meaningful. Exactly. You know, uh, and and these fields are so large that you win a bracelet in any of those fields that have you know. Can you imagine? I know that twenty, thirty years, twenty-five, thirty years ago, thousand people in a field was just you, 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 you know, that's never going to happen. And now, you know, that's the norm for most of uh, the fifteen hundred to, you know, the the, the lower buy-in tournaments all have that amount of people. You know, usually it's how many did you say for the classes? About ten thousand they're expecting, or they have? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're looking so at ten thousand. That's just 10, amazing. It really is. Yeah. Um, I do want to switch over to uh, what's happening with this uh, main event. Uh, nothing uh, that came out in the last week or so, but about a week ago it was announced that they would add two opening sessions uh, for the main event. That was scheduled to open with four opening sessions, and now there are six. Uh, they will play from the 4th through the 9th to get started and it will continue until uh, I believe the 17th is the final day, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, certainly opening things up for the international players that may not have felt like they could attend, but now we'll be, have a chance to, to come over and uh, can make some late plans and there'll be plenty of room for everybody to play. Uh, I haven't had a chance, Dave, to look at that with six, six opening fields when they come back for day two. Are they what are they going to do like one, two, and three, four, five, and six? Is that have you seen anything for that? Yeah, one, two, and I believe uh, let's see, one day two will be. I can't even read this writing; it's so small. But uh, uh, day two A will be on Tuesday the ninth, which is the also the same day as one uh, F. So. Players from 1A, 1B, and 1D will play. come back to play day two on Tuesday the 9th. Uh, the other three sessions, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, the last day on, on Tuesday, will come back the following day. So they're doing 1A, 1B, and 1D? To come back for day two A. Yeah, one one A, one B, and one D will play two A, and then one uh, C, one E, and one F come back on day day one B, day two B. Two B. So there's two All day right. twos. Well, 
Wow, that's 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 that that's funny how they skipped C. I thought they'd do one A, B, and C. But all right, that's interesting. <clears throat> okay, uh, I do have that right here. I got it in front of me. So uh, then they will play on uh, Thursday. Will be the first day that everybody plays together. An 11 a.m. start on Thursday, the 11th. That would be the remaining players from all sessions of day two. Interesting. And when you get toward the end, they're going to play. Uh, they're going to play down to the final nine players on day seven, which is Monday, November fifteenth. Then the next day they'll play from nine to four, and then they'll finish up on the third day on Wednesday, November seventeenth. So it'll take three days, and those will be the heavy coverage on TV. But uh, interesting, you know, I uh, I've, I found that. Uh, you know, when it stretches way into the morning, I don't think that's good planning and not good for the game. And what time are they starting those uh, those sessions again? I'm those sorry. Are, those are uh, at 11 a.m. At 11 a.m. Well, not, not the final day. Obviously, the final day and the when they're playing from 9 to 4 will be 1.30 starts. 1.30. All right. That's not going to be too bad. But those 11 a.m. starts, most of those first days are usually 12 hours, correct? Uh, I don't know when they decide to break that. Uh, well, let's see. Let me see if I can get the levels. Uh, yeah, they're going to play five levels on the opening sessions. Right. And they're two hours plus there's like a, you know, between all the breaks and the dinner break, you got another two hours thrown in there. Right. A 75 minute break uh, after level three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like like they said, they're twelve hour twelve hour days. You win the main event, you got to put in eighty ninety hours to to come out the the champion. That's 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 uh, uh, quite a toll physically and mentally. You know, if, as you progress in the tournament. Right. Um, one of the things that's changed a little is the starting stack. Uh, wasn't it fifty thousand in the past, if I remember correctly? Yes. Yes, no, I believe gonna, it was the last gonna be, time. It's going to be going to be sixty thousand this year. Okay. How does that change things in your in your mind? Um, my guess, for me, it depends. Uh, you know, the blinds are a lot smaller, obviously, with two hours. So, my guess is there might be a little bit more action in the beginning. You're more you're you're more apt to take chances depending on how the betting goes and the position you're at at the table. You know, the more chips you're added to, the more chances you can take and 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 kind of gamble a little bit. I don't think it changes as the levels go higher because, you know, by then the blind structure is at a certain point. And, uh, you know, yes, it, it puts whatever it is, another 8 million chips in play depending on the field or so. But, you know, uh, once you get deep into that tournament, it doesn't make a big difference in my opinion, but it will make a big difference probably in the first two or three rounds, you know, when the blinds are still small and, you know, probably going to try to get a lot of action, uh, people gambling. I think there's more gambling involved when you have more chips. Well, I think, uh, I think you're always going to get a couple of maniacs that are going to shove their chips no matter what, you know, there's, there's not much you can do about that. But, uh, like you say, 60,000 does get, should give you a lot of play. Exactly. You know, and, uh, it also kind of, let's say you take a bad beat, but no one goes all in, but you lose 20, 25,000 of your stack. You still got enough of a stack early on to, you know, make a comeback and, and, you know, get right back into where the, you know, where the average chip stack is. So uh, for me, you know, adding those extra 10,000 just guarantees that that you're going to get a little more play from some of those people. But like you just mentioned, there are maniacs out there that are willing to push, you know, their whole stack in there thinking that they can bully people around until until they can't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that people were wondering about heading into the series was, uh, you know, whether that would cost them uh, some tournaments. They have had to cancel a couple of the side events. Uh, just a couple of them, though. That was early in the tournament, October the 4th. There was two non-bracelet side events that were canceled, uh, a daily deep stack for $250 buy-in and a 580 mega satellite. And they didn't give any reason except for the fact that that reun- the reunion was the first weekend. Three starting flights that ended up drawing nearly 13,000 entries. And uh, everybody was stretched thin. And I don't think, uh, you know, there was enough interest to keep uh, one of those things going. I wonder if it was 
you know, dealers, maybe overtaxing the dealers also, you know. Possibly. Like you said. And uh, you know what, what <clears throat> now that you mentioned that, what I like to know is, remember, there's other tournaments that are being run, you know, that we've talked about in the past. Locally other, in town. At other venues. Yeah. I wonder if they're doing that and, how, and what kind of uh, feels they're getting. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I probably should do a little research into that. But I got to think that uh, they're probably down as well from anything they've done in the past. I know there's a couple of new tournaments and uh, there's a, some excitement about those. But uh, I have not heard the difference between that. So anyway, um, the early tournaments that I mentioned, the numbers being down, uh, they said it was about 33 uh, percent in the early going. Oh, what have you heard uh, from different people? Well, to be honest with you, a lot of the people that I knew that went out there, I haven't had any contact with them. Yeah, they haven't been back yet. Some of the, you know, some of their friends usually come by the room to tell me, like our friend Al Gomez. You know, I don't even know. You know, I'm sure he's out there, but some of the people that know him haven't come by. Yeah, he did go out for the reunion, but he, I saw him the other night, and he said he probably wasn't going to go back. Okay, did he give a reason? No. Uh, one reason he mentioned to me was that uh, the big Seminole Hard Rock uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open in November was one, something he was really targeting. Yeah, which starts, I believe, on the 17th and runs through December 1st. Right, right, exactly. So, um, which is something that they've done. They've, you know, but usually it's been in July, like you know, when the WSOP has had its normal schedule. So it looks like they adjusted themselves. Just to give you some exact numbers, if you're wondering, uh, the first 13 in-person events of the last series in 2019 that was live combined prize pools of $33.5 million, and the comparison this year is $19.1 million. So, uh, wow, well, there was, that's more than a third. <laughs> yeah, that's 41%, but that uh, involves a big drop-off in the tournament that was called the Big 50 that year. And was called the reunion this year. There was a sixty percent drop off in that one. Yeah. Well, listen. You know, those numbers don't surprise me. Um, I'm, you know, depending how our country keeps going forward and how we attack everything, you know, uh, with with medical things. Uh, I think this taste is just going to give a lot of people, you know, angst to be there probably for next year. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to run the tournament at their normal time for next year, you know, and uh, maybe make plans to make sure they have enough dealers to handle bigger fields because, you know, again, the numbers have been down. They're still, in my opinion, they're still really nice. I'm pretty sure they don't feel that way, or maybe they do. I don't know what they were expecting. No one kind of came out to say, hey, you know, we expect 75% of what we had the last time or whatever, but it's still really big numbers, and um, I think it's just going to set, you know, set them up for, for doing even better next year. Yeah, yeah, I think it will take a couple of years to recover. One of the interesting uh, bracelet winners over the past week was uh, Josh Aurier. We mentioned him on the show last week because he was kind of uh, in a little reunion with uh, Greg Raymer and uh, David Williams from that uh, they finished in the top three 10 years ago. Uh, he won a tournament. He won PLO, $1,500 PLO. Which, so it was his third lifetime bracelet. But uh, he's kind of been on the fringes, really got away from the game, I think, for a while. But uh, nice to see that he came back. And uh, although he looks completely different, uh, certainly, uh, you know, a huge win for him in his, his life. Yeah, I mean, you don't remember many years ago, he was always involved in all the big tournaments and, you know, always making deep runs, you know, so nice to hear his name back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's take our first break in the program. We'll uh, check on a couple of these events, uh, let you know what's going on. Uh, take a look at the Hall of Fame nominees for 2021. Uh, interesting uh players and uh, you know obviously some of the same people that have been on the list there's three new ones including uh one with a south florida connection so we'll get back to that when we return you're listening to poker action line big dave lemon joe rodriguez and we will be back with more of the show when we return here on poker action line this is poker action line 
Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play for free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the second half of the program. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, another edition of Poker Action Line, uh, and now in our 11th year. Um, we came Man, on that's the, hard to believe, Big Dave. really is. We came on the year uh, that Black Friday uh, kicked in. We started in uh, actually 2010, and Black Friday was uh, April of 2011, so we'd been on for about a year when that came through. Uh, that was the days when we had... Uh, Poker Players Alliance, and uh, we would have some of the guests on from there. Uh, the engineer, Rich Muni, and uh, the director, John Pappas, joined the show several times. And uh, a group that did their best to, to, to try to bring uh, online poker in. It was just not the right, um, I don't know, the time of that. I don't think that the players did enough to try to make that work, but uh, certainly it led the way to uh, getting poker in three states, and now uh, we're seeing it come into to a couple others as well. Uh, word just came out this last week that uh, Connecticut uh, went online with online casinos and sports betting. So it's I think it's only a matter of time before they add poker in Connecticut, which has always been avid for the game with the Indian reservations there. To, uh, exactly. And Dave, I hope you don't mind, but now that you're mentioning this, I remember, do you remember the conversations we were having before Black Friday, th that there was talk that they could shut down for six months to kind of get everything, you know, uh, uh, organized so that it would be legal, thinking that they could get it, you know, everything well, actually, through. And people were actually, arguing. Actually, I think, the black, the, I, think, I think the blackout period was 18 months, in which drove people crazy. Yeah, and we were all screaming, going, no, that can't possibly be. Everybody was in. And look at this now. We've, we've been into it for, for 10 years. So that's scary, you know, scary. 
we just had to live with it. But like you said, Dave, there's so many states now that are doing this, and uh, hopefully our state will join that some, sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep working at it. Uh, let's get to the Poker Hall of Fame nominations because it's uh, something I find interesting every year. Uh, there are 10 nominees, seven of them returning to the ballot, uh, two builders, five players, and then there's three new uh, nominees as well. So let's run those down for you. Let's start out with the builders. And a lot of people feel like this is the time for these guys to get in. One is uh, Matt Savage, uh, the tournament director extraordinaire from California that has been around the game and done so much for the game for many years. He's been a big part of this show uh, for the 10 years we've been on, joins us just about every year for an update on what's happening with the Tournament Directors Association and really has been, uh, you know, a guy who... He's an ambassador. Yeah, ambassador for the game, for sure. Uh, You know, spends a lot of his time in Northern California, also is a tournament director for a lot of the big tournaments in the Los Angeles area at the bike and and uh, a couple places out there but uh he is up for nomination his sixth year and then also poker stars founder isai scheinberg is also up for grabs and when people think about uh the online sites oh well they kind of lump them in with full tilt well actually they allowed full tilt to survive and then made sure that people got paid that were on full tilt so uh you know he deserves a lot of credit for that obviously uh Poker Stars, you know, probably still the number one site in uh, online poker. Yeah, but and you know, I I believe uh, you, you said Party Poker or Poker Stars. Poker Stars. Poker Stars, because Party Poker, as much of us got very upset, but they they adhered to the um, back. What was it in two thousand and six? What was that that that, the, that uh, those uh, initials that we the U I G E A. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they adhered to that. I don't know who started that. I believe they've sold that company. I don't know if it's a public company Well, Mike, now. Mike Sexton was a big part of that company, and I think he actually was with them toward the end before he passed away. I think they kind of came back and built a presence a little bit, not so much in the U.S., but uh, they're still around doing big national tournaments. Uh, yeah, so. so, all right, and who else now? Okay, then we have five players back on the ballot. Um, Mike Matisau. Uh, Elia Alezra, Ted Forrest, the magician is Antonio Esfandiari, and then the uh, bad boy of poker, when we talk about uh, Black Friday, Chris Ferguson is still on the ballot. You know, it's funny, Big Dave, because outside of that Black Friday and all that stuff there, I would have thought Chris Ferguson prior to that would have been a shoe win, you know, when his time came, you know? Um it's funny that you mentioned Eli Lerza because, you know, I've seen his name now in, in a couple of these tournaments that I've, you know, been looking at that he's made a run in. Um, whether you like Mike Matasau or not, as a, you know, as a person, um, but he has been a great player for many, many years. Um, I, Ted Forrest is, I think, before my time. Yeah, Ted Forrest was the one who had the big weight loss bed a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that one. I I think it was might have been with uh, the mouth, but uh, uh, he was he was more of a cash game player probably than a tournament player. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if if Chris Ferguson will get will generate. Nah, the, I don't uh, I don't think he'll ever get in. You know, so especially now that they're only taking one a year, uh, they don't have to take two. They could, but I guess. But uh, anyway, those are the seven that are returning to the ballot. Three new players this year. Uh, the late Lane Flack that passed away earlier this year. Uh, Elkie Grosspellier um, is also on the ballot for the first time. And South Florida's Michael Mizrahi. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Which is nice to hear. This is a tough field. This is a tough field because, you know, first person you mentioned was Matt Savage. And, you know, he definitely deserves a lot of credit and a lot of support for this with with his body of work, you know, for all these years and what he's done. Um, But, wow, Mike, what's he, a two-time, you know, champion in the 50,000 event? He's won three, three times. Three times. Yeah, wow. he won twice in three years, and then he uh, added one a couple of years ago. So, uh, obviously, he's won on the World Poker Tour, and, uh, you know, he's been a well-known player for, God, so many years. Uh, obviously, when we had him on the show with his brothers, um, 
you know, I got the feeling that, uh, you know, that was in the back of his mind that someday he would like to get that kind of recognition. I think he would really love to be a part of the Poker Hall of Fame. Well, you know what? If you dedicate most of your, you know, your adult life as, as a player and have had the success that he's had coming from where he came as a dealer, you know, and, and you got to give credit to his brother Rob also, you know, another great right. player. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Dave, but, but, if, but if I was him, that would definitely be in the back of my mind that, hey, I think I've done enough. And um, I, I know that the part of the qualification is playing in the high-limit games too, correct? Yeah that's, yeah, that's part of it as well, I think. I, 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 that part of his history, I don't know a whole lot about. I don't know if you do. For, for Michael? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's played in a lot of big games, but you know, I don't know. His claim to fame has been, you know, uh, you know those championships. Uh, I don't know how many bracelets he's got now, because uh, uh, I know his brother's got about four or five, right, Rob? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that for sure. I know okay. Michael's. I think Michael has four, if I'm not mistaken. Three of them in the oh. Poker Players Championship. And, you know, one thing that I like about him, you know, he, he had some success many years ago. Then he kind of disappeared as far as his name being, you know, running deep in a lot of tournaments. And then he came back like, you know, <laughs> like, a, like, like a ball on fire there, you know. And uh, I, I think he's definitely, uh, you know, stood the test of time if, if that's one of the qualifications. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um... You know, he's he's like a fixture at uh, some of the local events here as well and some of the, uh, you know, the big cash games in town. Uh, but the thing about Michael is he's always uh, had a lot of business interests and he hasn't been afraid to go out and try to spend the money that he has made trying to try to build a fortune in business. So, uh, you know, there were times when he did get away from poker a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I know, like I said, I, I remember once we were talking about this years ago, and we had mentioned his name, and then, wow, it was like a, out of the blue, all of a sudden, wow, there he is, you know, winning another tournament, making deep runs, and, uh, you know, he's a definitely one of the all-time great players, at least in my eyes. Yeah, no no question. Um, I, I don't think he's ranked anywhere, his place uh, lately. And, and also, the magician uh, has not played a tremendous Absolutely. amount lately. But, uh, you know, these guys are still around and, uh, you know, just when you least, you know, least expect them to be a part of a major tournament, they show up and, uh, and play their usual fantastic game. So, uh, certainly, uh, is, look is, forward to that. Is the magician, I know that him and, wasn't it him and Daniel were kind of going back and forth as to who was the all time tournament money winner, you know, in prizes. And I know that he took it over when he won that real big one, I think, for like $18 million or whatever it was. Yeah, his all-time earnings, I'm looking at it right now, is just under $22 million for W, just the WSOP. Uh, and then Daniel Negreanu is second with uh, just under $19 million. And Helmuth is up now to $15.5 million. So, um, you know, keeps adding in dribs and drabs, though, for sure. Uh, Dan Coleman is third, by the way, on the list. I remember, I think once somebody mentioned something like that, I think uh, Helmut said, yeah, well, that, you know, he, he won that one big one that <laughs> that propelled him there, but it, it's not his fault that, <laughs> that that was, you know, one of the ones that got him up there, you know, because that was a huge prize pool. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that I think it was around $16, 18000000 million. What was that, the big one? The, the, one the big drop, one for uh, one drop, yeah. I think it was $18 million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep, and Daniel, I think, made a deep run that year also in that one. So, uh, correct, correct. Very interesting, very interesting. Uh, you mentioned to me on the phone this afternoon you were following a little bit of Maurice Hawkins, who is the all-time circuit ringleader with 14 uh, career wins on the circuit. Uh, he was one of the chip leaders at one point in the tournament that he was playing in, Event uh, 46, which is the $1,000 uh, double stack event. But he got eliminated today around noon, so uh, he had uh, must have lost one big hand and then uh, basically punted off uh, after that, which he is 
prone to do it from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I was following him late last night, and he had one time he had, I, you know, I believe he had the chip lead with about 300 people still left in the tournament. I saw right before we got on the air, I was looking at that. I think he got eliminated one. He, he was 118th out of that field of over 2,000. So, No, it was closer to 4,000. Really? Yeah. Okay, I thought I saw 2053, but I'm probably looking at the wrong. Yeah, maybe. So. If, if someone has it wrong, it's probably me. So <laughs> let's go from there. <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm going to let you know right now. That was the, the deep stack that he was in. And uh, let me see. Yeah, 2053 entries, and they're now down to 24 there. So, uh, but still, you know. Okay. Uh, has he won? I don't think he's won a bracelet, has he, Dave? I don't know. He has not. He has not. And that's that's one of the big uh, open spots in his resume that he really would love to fill. Well, I'm sure he will do it soon enough. You know, he's, he's an excellent player, so hopefully he'll get that done. It's not easy winning all those circuit rings either, so that's very impressive with what he's done there. Right, for sure. Okay, um, let's see. I did see that uh, some local players, uh, well, Matisau, I saw, was made been very deep in one event, but uh, local player down here, uh, Angela prada Moed, who we've had on the show before, it was, it was still alive in, in one of the events she was playing in. Uh, her and her husband, Michael Moed, uh, I guess are still both out there playing. Maybe they had to alternate because they do have the children now. So, uh, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. I did try to get a hold of Michael to come on the show, and I didn't hear back from him, so uh, you know if I uh, may have changed his phone number, but uh, would love to have him back on the show and talk some uh, some uh, Omaha Eight. Yeah, and uh, also one of our old friends there, Mark Perlman. Uh, uh, haven't heard from him in a year and change. I know he reached out to me during the first three months of the pandemic. Uh, you know, who's had some success uh, also in Omaha. Uh, high low, uh, not high low. Omaha PLO, PLO. Right. What Mark has done so. Hopefully, if he's out there, good luck, Mark. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looking forward to covering the main event in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, you haven't been out there in a while. I haven't been out since now 2016. I've, I've been out there three times: the 2012, 2015, 2016. So, I think it's about time for me to uh, put together another trip. I'm just waiting to see where it would be a good place to uh, to have the tournament if they don't play at the Rio. What, any thoughts on that? No. I mean, who owns it now again? I'm sorry. Is it uh, what Caesars. property? Caesars. You think they may run it in Caesars, set up their conference rooms for they it? They could, or they have some other places out there that they could use, uh, I guess, uh, the Paris or something like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, very interesting. Uh, I never got a chance to be out there during any of these, uh, you know, any of these uh, WSOP events. Uh, you've been there. Was the Rio comfortable and, you know? It was good. Uh, you know, it's obviously a very big hotel, and there's a lot of walking to get from different rooms one to another. But, uh, you know, it just seemed comfortable, you know. And the, the only problem is if you want to do some things on the Strip, you know, it's it's not really that close to anything. No, no, you have to definitely grab a cab or, or an Uber or something to get over there, but it's not that far either, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. If I'm a player out there and I'm playing in multiple tournaments, I don't know how much energy I would have to go to, 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 a, to a lot of these other places unless you, you, you've made plans for that in advance. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely something you have to plan ahead for, no question about it. Uh, I was just trying to check and see uh, about the bracelets for Michael. Um, but the grinder is, uh, you know, I don't think he has anything to apologize for, even if it's not uh, as many as his brother. But uh, he has five total. The, uh, Michael? Yes. Yeah, and I, I know. I think his brother has at least four. I think his Let's brother has at least yes, four. He does. I know. Yes, you're right. You're right about that. He has four bracelets. He won in okay. 2007, and then he had won one a year in 14, 15, and 16. There you go. And all in mixed games, too. Uh, PLO, Dealer's Choice, 
Omaha high low and seven card stud or his were his uh, bracelets. And I remember that in uh, one of those uh, the, the 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 players championship one, they both made that final table. Remember, and Michael knocked out Rob. You remember yeah. that one? Yeah, that was he felt bad about that. That was funny. <laughs> Talked about that on the show. Uh, anyway, so you got your big tournament coming up here. What do you hear about local stuff here in South Florida? I am not working in the Dania room anymore, but the business has really suffered over the last uh, over the last month or so. I know a lot of players have left town to go out to the series, and that has hurt their business tremendously. But they added tournaments, and they're doing okay with the ones that they've had. They uh, they had like 59 the other night in a Friday night tournament. So they're doing their regular stuff. What do you hear about uh, the others uh, in Dade County? Well, in Dade, I, I believe we're the only ones that are doing any tournaments. Highly has no tournaments? No. I guess, no, I guess they haven't. I know of. Um, you know, and I know Magic City doesn't, doesn't really run them. I, I believe the last tournament they ran was with, our, with, our, with the uh, PPC, remember? I right. went there one of the days there uh, that they asked me to go in there and represent them for one day. And, um, you know, they haven't been known for that in the past, but Hialeah used to run them. But, you know, um, they had that issue many years ago with their former manager and, you know, the scandal that they had. So um, since the pandemic, I don't believe they've run any tournaments whatsoever. They're right. concentrating strictly on cash games. Right. Um, I know that the uh, aisle has picked up. I heard they're uh, doing pretty well. You know, they they picked up. They're doing lots of tournaments now. They started doing them over there. And I was going to ask you. I'm, I'm I'm assuming my my friend Vinny Gatto is still in charge over there. From what I've heard, yes, that is true. Okay. And so. we know that the Hard Rock is running tournaments. So uh, I don't see. I don't think the Big Easy is. Daniel was like, was that the one you were mentioning with the 59 for the Friday tournament? Yes. Yeah, but they supposedly canceled their Saturday tournament that they had put on the schedule. Oh, okay. Um, so that's, that's the last thing I heard. So, And uh, Calder's been trying to get some poker games. My brother-in-law are there. They only have three tables, and he says every now and then they'll pick up a game for a few hours late at night. So, uh you know, they're, they're still mostly a DP room right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, business up in Broward, uh, obviously, is uh, doing quite well, from what I hear. Obviously, there's no poker at Gulfstream, but there is poker at uh, the Big Easy. And, uh, you know, they're doing, you know, 19, 20 tables on a lot of nights. So uh, they're having good business. Um, Dania is really suffering right now. Um, you know, sometimes they have one table going, sometimes they might have four or five, uh, it just depends on the time and what they're doing. But, uh, you know, they're just having such a hard time uh, making money on these uh, promotions. So, um, you know, they've had to cut back at some of those. And when you do that immediately, the business, business drops way off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. And I, you know, I can obviously, you know, relate to that because, uh, you know, the the room that I ran eight, nine years ago was not the same room that we have now. And having closed and, you know, Hialeah opened up in that time frame, uh, it's, you know, another monster was created down here. And, you know, Dania's literally in the lion's den, I've always said, you know, with all the people that are within five miles, uh, you know, you, you, you've got the 800-pound the gorilla and the, with the hard rock right up the road, what, six miles, seven miles away, if that? Yeah, not even. Big Easy, Big Easy is maybe three or four miles away, and then you've got the aisle. Um, you know, it, it's just very tough, very tough to, to make money there, you know, and, and they've tried. They've put up the promotions, but it's so hard to – get players away I'm, you know i'm going through that now you know i i don't get very many one two games and two five games and in my room you used to have that all the time every day by by 12 one o'clock i usually had one to two one twos by three o'clock i had three or four of them and usually a two five game and on the weekends we had three or four two five games that like I told people, they they played like ten twenty five and twenty five fifty with the crazy action that they that they played there then, and it's hard to get these players back. Not to mention that, you know, uh, we had a lot of very outstanding dealers back then, and 
you know, that's a big part of running big games. You know, these players uh, want to make sure the game is being run correctly and, and, you know, when you have break-in dealers, mistakes are going to happen. It's just the nature of learning. And these players just don't want to put up with that when there's thousands and thousands of dollars at stake. So, yeah, no question, oh. no question. Um, you mentioned Al Gomez. I just was looking on the Seminole Hard Rock and realized that over the weekend he had a big score over there. Uh, they had an anniversary special tournament with a uh, uh, fifty thousand guarantee, eleven hundred dollar buy-in, and uh, Al ended up chopping three ways. Uh, in that tournament, actually finished with second place prize money of twenty seven thousand hmm. dollars. Scott Black, you, Scott Blackman was the winner, and Charles DeFalco was the other player that chopped. Well, Al has turned himself into an excellent, you know, professional poker player. He really has. I'm, I, I would not have believed that. I've told him that to his face. I said I would not have believed that knowing you twenty years ago, but. Uh, congratulations to him because he he has continued his success over the last few years. You know, yeah, so, yeah, he's gotten better and him. better. Yep. Shows good that if, we, if you work at something, you know, uh, certainly can succeed. Uh, the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Rock and Roll Poker Open is the next big tournament over there. Uh, that opens, as you mentioned, on the seventeenth with one of their first primary event, uh, which is a four hundred dollar buy in. Uh, with, uh, let's see, eight uh, opening sessions and a guarantee of $1 million. So that should bring in a lot of people for the holiday season. Uh, the main event there uh, is from uh, the 27th, I guess actually the 26th, which is a Friday through, uh, and they'll play through day five, live stream on WPT.com, December the 1st will be the conclusion of the main event up there. So, uh, it's a it's a great tournament, and right on the heels of the uh, main event ending out in Vegas, so there'll be a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, people will be coming back to town for the holiday season, and uh, y- you know, week in week out, I think things are getting more and more back to normal. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, in my room now here in Dade, you know, masks are optional for for the guests. So, you know, as things start getting a little bit back to normal as far as that's concerned and, and everything, you know, I, I honestly believe by this time next year, Dave, we're going to become very close to what we were before the pandemic all around the country. Yeah. Assuming there's no, uh, nothing bad happening, uh, with any other variations and that sort of thing. We never can plan exactly. ahead that far anymore. It's unfortunate, but that's yep. just, uh, the normal way of life now. Anyway, uh, that's going to about do it for the show today. Um, Again, you want to mention your tournament? You got that coming up. That's a big one, yep, and I yes, think it's yes. I think it's important to mention it now because if you're only going to be able to take 28 players to start, obviously you'll work in alternates and fit some more people in. But because of that uh, very limited thing, I think it's going to sell out way ahead of time. I certainly hope so. You know that, like I said earlier in the show, that seems to be what a few big big tournament players told me is the good sell on that. You know. Um, and again, one re-entry, um, 25k starting stack, 30-minute uh, levels, and uh, 12,500 guaranteed for the winner. The final table, which will be seven, will be paid. And you know, like you just mentioned, uh, 28 seated players at any time is the most that we'll have. So, um, you know, hoping that it's a success. I really do. I'd be happy if just 28 players signed up and that was it. So let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you get home early too that way. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. So, but uh, yeah, that's November 14th at one o'clock. We are going to try to have some satellites for anybody who's interested. They can call the uh, the poker room, call us at uh, 305-633-6400, and ask for the poker room. And um, I'll keep mentioning it as, uh, on, our, on our next show, too, on the next couple of shows before the tournament. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget that you can pick up uh, on Poker Go some of the final tables of some of these events. Uh, we mentioned both Mike Matisau and Elia Elezra made deep runs in the last event they were in. Matisau has since been eliminated, but Elia Elezra was still alive in his tournament. Uh, Daniel Negranu currently in fourth place, heading into day two of one events today. 
And so, uh, you know, he could bring a lot of excitement there if he makes another final table and gets to the final five. So uh, I'll be checking some of that out on uh, Poker Go. You should pick up a subscription if you haven't already. There's lots of good deals out there right now, and you can uh, follow all the action. We'll talk about more of what's going on next week. Uh, we do hope that uh, you'll join us once again and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, out at the tables uh, in town here as well. Be sure if you recognize my photo from uh, the – articles i wrote on annie up just to come by just please come by and say hi i'd be happy to talk to any poker fans out there that uh, that follow some of uh, the things that i've written in the past uh that's gonna do it joe thank you so much uh, do appreciate it joe costello thank you as well good luck in your trip you're heading out to vegas this week and uh, you know i'm sure you'll find plenty of things to do even if they're not uh, poker related so uh have a great time out there for you as well vegas baby Alrighty, guys Okay, catch you later, uh, everybody, and uh, join us again next week for another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 